How to work with airport officials? It's a great question. Let's talk about a little bit more on this today's episode of the Grease Pilot Show. Hey everyone, it's Michael with the Grease Pilot Show and welcome back. Um, Today's question is uh, how to work with airport officials. And uh, before we get started, uh, this podcast drops every Monday and Friday at 6 a.m. Central Standard Time for those of you wondering when we're going to be releasing new episodes. And for those of you just tuning in, this podcast is about aviation entrepreneurship, aviation business, and aviation startups. So if you enjoy aviation and you're looking to get in and and be your own boss or start your own company, this is a podcast that you got to subscribe to because that's all we talk about. We have, we'll have a lot of different guests on the show. Um, we're pretty new still, so we're finding our way, but stay tuned, subscribe, and we'll talk about a lot of good topics that we learned as well as, um, things to look out for when you're starting, uh, an aviation business. Also, if you have a topic you want to talk about, drop us a comment at um, the Grease Pilot Show. Uh, go to our website, www.greasepilot.com, and at the bottom, there's uh, GP Podcast on the footer, Just or you can Google us. I don't even know why I'm saying this. Just Google the Grease Pilot Show and go to our website, leave us a comment. Um, okay. Hope everybody's doing well, uh, and today's topic <clears throat> is uh, how to work with airport officials, and we won't talk about airports all that much, but in the last podcast, we talked about um, how to penetrate the airport perimeter and get in there and start doing some business. If you're opening an av- aircraft business or aviation business, good chance you're going to need to be at an airport. Um, Not all businesses require that, but a lot do. And uh, so, how to work with airport officials. This is good. You may not be doing this at the beginning of your business because a lot of guys just kind of slip in and do what they need to do. But if you get to scale your company in any size, uh, or if you want to, if you're the kind of guy that's got to do it just like perfect at the beginning, you don't want to step on any toes, then you're going to have to work with airport officials. It's going to happen eventually. Um, whether you do it sooner or later, it's going to happen. Um, my advice is you kind of get your customer list built up, you get your net- network built up, and to do that, you may have to get on the airport, you know, and do your thing before you talk to the airport board. But eventually, you're going to want to interact with them because you're they're either going to approach you and say, "Hey, what are you doing? You know, what are you doing on the airport, and why are you here?" And if your as your presence gets bigger, they're gonna they're gonna probably uh, need to know what's going on. Someone's going to get wind of your operation and they're going to ask you. And at that point, the best response is to say, Hey, I'm not sure. I just, if I need to talk to somebody about running my business here, how do I do that? Even though we'll talk about how you're going to do that and what you would do, but that's always, if someone approaches you and, and is kind of asking you what you're doing here and are you supposed to be here? You just be honest and say, you know, I'm starting a business and I'm working here and uh, I'd love to talk to somebody to be more permanent. Do, who do I talk to? The airport manager or the airport authority board? But um, 
the reason why we're going to talk about this, like I said, the reason why we're talking about the subject is because if you're going to make a business, you're going to have to talk to these guys. And this is arguably, for some people, it is the worst thing to do. Uh, for others, it's not that big of a deal. <clears throat> depends if you're a people person. Depends if you're a brown noser in some cases. Uh, because airport politics was never my strong suit. I'll go ahead and go right at the top. So um, I'm not going to... Uh, I'll give you what my knowledge is, but by all means, it, it's just my account. And there's, I know there's others out there that are in the same boat, but there are situations that are much better. And there are definitely people out there that are able to navigate it and do better. Because, you know, in business, everybody's got their strong suits. And, and this one's not mine. I just don't, I cannot work with people um, when our goals are not aligned. And I have a hard time aligning my goals with some airport boards. Uh, that most of the airport boards I work with, and it, maybe it's an a, a authority thing, you know. We have, I have my own business, so I feel like, hey, I should be able to run my business, and they are like, hey, we're the airport board, so we should be able to run the airport board, and then they conflict. But in general, I like dealing with the bigger airports because they're not as into your business as much because they have, they've already have m many businesses at the airport, so it's like not a big deal. But these smaller airports can be kind of, super clicky super like hey they want to know everything about your business and what you're doing and they want to regulate it sometimes and and that that stuff just bothers me a little bit because at the end of the day it's the overall goal is to promote aviation grow aviation and i'm a big proponent of private enterprise in aviation because i think that that's the way that we innovate and accelerate the the industry um i don't want to I don't really agree with a lot of government decisions uh, in the aviation industry. We won't get into that. That's just a whole other thing. But we're going to talk about this because it's important that you kind of know who to interact with when you need to, what an airport board is, what an airport manager is, how to contact them, how to deal with them, how to present uh, information to them about your company. So that's what we're going to do today. Um, Let's roll right into how to contact them. So, uh, or let's go back and step back. I got to look here at my notes and make sure I do it in somewhat uh, a methodical way here. How are airport boards governed, or how are airports governed? Uh, this there are many very there are I don't know how many variations there are, but they all follow a very similar way of structure, and and it really dic I've seen a lot of commonalities in the size based like okay so backing it up smaller airports or let's just back it up even more airports are governed by these these name these um, entities airport managers airport commissions airport authority boards and then city councils there can be sometimes the city council can do it and there might even be one other thing one other t name of a airport board or um, like, you know, it's a group of people who manage and decide on the the um, laws of the airport. Because all airports, the FAA overall has an overall say in everything, but they don't micromanage it. It comes down and goes down, and eventually it goes down to the airport authority board to where they decide how the, the operations of the airport work. Um, now, if they're going to accept federally, federal money from the aviation they are they are obligated to follow some guidelines that the FAA puts out and 
this is all in, uh, if you Google the documents out there, like if you want to know more, you can simply Google airport rules when accepting FAA grant funds, because a lot of them do. If they do, they're obligated to follow certain rules, and sometimes those rules do dictate, like, the fact that an airport can't um, turn down any public company. You know, they're not, they can't discriminate on aviation business coming to the airport. And the the overall rule of thumb is, in my opinion, is when you get on the bad side of an airport board, meaning like you go over the top and you try to say, hey, this law by the FAA says that you can't discriminate against. If you start the relationship that way, or if you have a toxic relationship, I don't believe the overall outcome is going to be good. Because even if you do win, you know, let's say you win the argument, you're always going to have a toxic relationship with them. They're always not it's going to be hard to work with them. So my rule of thumb is to just work with them, always have a good relationship with them. And if you're going to do business at the airport, fixed business. That's why I'm a proponent of mobile maintenance because I don't even, with our uh, company, we don't even talk to the airport boards. You know, we just go in, do our business and leave. And um, I've had hangers at multiple airports. So don't. I'm not saying that I am not against it. It's just, um, that's my recommendation is to start out mobily. Cause then you don't deal with these guys at the beginning and you don't deal with them until you get enough business to where you can get a hanger and you can pay for it and you can deal with their stuff. So airport boards are governed by those entities, airport manager, airport commission, airport authority board, or city council. And in general, the airport manager really is the day to day guy. And depending on the size of the airport, he may or may not be on site. A lot of small airports, they're not on site. They're volunteer people. The big airports, sometimes they are on site. You know, I've been on, I've been based at airports that both are the situation. And sometimes, you know, the airport manager runs his own business at the airport, which is super interesting because, <laughs> you know, he's running a flight school, he's running all this stuff. So he's kind of gotten an in on what he wants to see. And he's talking, reporting to the board. At, this is usually at smaller airports, but um, the key here is to have good relationships with all airport officials. So with the airport manager, he's running the day-to-day. -day. Then these airport boards or groups, which is an airport commission or airport authority, they're meeting once a month and they're going over um, things that the airport needs to do to uh, legally operate itself, financially operate itself. They're getting the manager's report. They're looking at the financials of the airport. At, at these board meetings, this is what's happening. And they're public board meetings, meaning if you want to go sit in on one, all you got to do is ask what time it is and where it's held, and you can go. Because it's a if it's a public airport, it's a public uh, meeting. So, so uh, and they, they are legally required, most of them, to publish where they're going to have the meeting and what time they're going to have the meeting. Um, so, and if they're not, then they're violating uh, their rule. And I, th that's, that, that may be different for various ones, but it, the ones I've worked with, that's always been the case. So they're talking about the finances of the company. They're talk, getting a manager's report. They're looking at accounts payable, accounts receivable. They're talking about old business, like what's going, what projects are going on at the airport. And then they're talking about new business, like if they have their engineering company working on a new runway. Well, they're going to talk about that, the progress of it, what needs to be done. And so this is what's happening at those meetings. It's also where you will present yourself as a company if you need to get into the, the airport. 
if you are at the point where you need to get hangar space or they want you to see what you're all about. Um, and then I wanted to throw out this example because we had a flight school location in St. Paul, Minnesota, and their particular, that airport was governed by MAC. Uh, I think it was Metro Airport Commission is what that stood for. But basically it was unique because they had a group of airports and Omaha, I think, does the same thing. They have, they, they kind of manage all the airports in the area. And if that's the case, you've really got to be on their good side because if you're going to expand, you want to be on good terms with the officials. So it's unique how these airports are ran. Um, presenting to the airport authority. So if you're going to do business at an airport, you can usually do your business under the radar and uh, like no one's going to really do anything about it or pay attention to you until you get to a certain size. Let me get a sip of coffee here. Once you get to a certain size, it's inevitable that you're going to be get put on their radar. And that's a good thing because once you get big enough, hey, you want to be able to be there permanently maybe, get hangar space or get a permit to run your mobile operation, whatever it is. <clears throat> and so... Sometimes you'll deal with the airport manager and you won't even deal with the airport board. And other times you're going to deal with both the airport manager and the airport authority board. I've done both. I've worked at airports with 30 planes. I've, I've had businesses on airports with 30 planes based. I've been at, on airports with uh, air, uh, 280 airplanes based. And the difference between the two was vastly different in the way they handled their, their operations. Um, the smaller one, the airport manager was not on site. I All my presentations were done with the airport board. Um, and then the other one, the bigger one, I never even saw the airport authority board. I just worked with the airport manager. So it depends on the size of the airport. But at the end of the day, I think the your spearhead where you want to go with your first like talkings of, of doing business at the airport is the airport manager. And... By this point, if, you, if you're running a maintenance company and you follow our course, you're going to already have your research done. And I tell you what to do for research in the course, but uh, it's the same for all aviation companies. Um, you're going to want to do some research to make sure you, you have all your ducks in a row before you come to the airport manager. But when you go there to present, you're going to have a business plan, you're going to have projected financials, you're going to have all these things that you need to... Um, basically kind of show that you're ready to go. You might have to get a certificate of insurance, which is what they say, but the, the funny part about that, they, they want all businesses to be insured, okay? So there's another big one. If you're gonna do business and you're gonna talk to the airport authority board, get ready to get insurance because they don't let any businesses on the field if you don't have insurance. It's a legal thing, you know? So my opinion is that you, like I said, I've been saying it over and over, Get in there, build your customers up, then go to the board. Don't be don't be doing this. A lot of guys get burned out before they even before they even do their first customer because they do all this nonsense of uh, oh I've got to get every permit, I've got to do everything right, I got to do it, and that's I understand that, and I honestly I got to be true truthful with you. If you have a lot of capital and you have a lot of time and 
and you're patient, that's a good way to go. And it's uh, this is my opinion. Um, if you're not good with dealing with people of politics and they don't align your goals well, then then maybe you go in there and you build up your customer list first, and then you go to the airport board. And I'm not. I would. I never am not in a good. Uh, I don't deal with the airport board hostily ever, but. What I'm saying is I've had a lot of interactions with airport boards where they um, are micromanaging me to the point where they want so much from you that it, it starts, you start wondering what are they, why do they want this stuff from me, you know? Do they not believe that I can do the job? There's a lot of that stuff sometimes and it burns you out because they keep, they drag everything on. You know, these meetings are once every month, so you got to wait every month. And it's not like the, a lot of times it's not very... It doesn't progress very fastly. And so in the case of like when our shop in Clinton, Iowa, that progressed pretty quickly. I did a lot of communication with the airport manager. I had one meeting with the airport authority board. And the reason why it progressed quickly is because they had no maintenance at that airfield. So like I said, if you do your homework and you approach the right airport about it, then you're going to get in. And uh, your odds of getting in are going to get higher. They're going to move things a little faster because it's an issue that they don't have aircraft maintenance. So in the course we talk about a little bit more, I recommend you you go get that if you're going to get a maintenance shop. It's worth it's well worth. Currently, it's priced at $249, but uh, we're going to do a price bump here. We're selling 30 courses for $249. Currently, that's the current special. And we're going to bump it up every, I don't know, we haven't decided when, but... It's going to go up another hundred bucks. The course is worth a lot of money and we're just starting it low to get the business built up. And, uh, <clears throat> 249 is a steal. 349 is a steal. I think it's going to top out around close to somewhere around seven, 800 bucks. And as we develop it more, it may even go higher. I don't know, but it's going to be the lowest price it's ever going to be right now. So it's, it's a great investment. It's, when you buy the course, you get a lot of resources. Obviously, you can listen to these podcasts to free for free, but we I put the pencil to paper on the course. You get the 22 essential templates. You get three and a half hours of video lessons. Um, you get lifetime access to the course, so as we update it, you're always going to get the latest updates. It's hands down, if I were starting a, another shop today, which... I'm not. I'm a. I've got a nationwide company that keeps me busy for aircraft maintenance. Um, this is why I made it because this is how I would do it. So uh, this is how I would start a shop for 550 bucks in one month. I can start a shop anywhere in the United States. And I'm not bragging. I'm just saying I've done it enough to where this is a way to do it. It's a great way to do it. It's a fast way to do it. It's a cheap way to do it. Check it out. Um. I'm looking at my uh, board here to see, to stay on topic here. I was talking about how you want to start your interaction with the airport manager. And that's because like he, if he, you kind of want to get the vibe from the airport manager, right? If you want to do business at an airport, so you want hangar space there, you've got to, I think you start with the airport manager. And the way that that first conversation goes is you kind of ask them, whatever your business is, at this point you already have your business selected, whether it's a flight school, an aircraft maintenance shop, aircraft brokerage, you want an office space, whatever it is. 
you have that in your mind going in and you, you, you find the airport manager and you talk to them and you say, hey, you know, I'm, I'm thinking about starting a aircraft maintenance business here. You mind if we talk a little bit and you just kind of start <clears throat> with a casual conversation. You ask them, hey, are there other maintenance providers on the field? They'll tell you. Um, and then you say, do people ask about me? You can find out a lot of information from the uh, airport manager. He can say, yeah, we've got, he can tell you how many planes are based there. He can tell you if they're looking for maintenance, if they have other maintenance places there. Because sometimes they have these like small little companies there that you can't find online. And he may be able to tell you that. Uh, they can tell you the, the background of the airport, the current state of the airport, if it's expanding, if it's contracting, what the what it's like to deal with the airport board. Say, hey, is the airport board wanting the aircraft maintenance? You can find out so much with the airport manager because he is the guy that sees all the stuff on the airport and then he goes to the airport board. So he's a great medium to find out information. So approach the airport manager first. Then after you kind of do your series and, and you talk to the airport manager enough, the best thing to do is to say, hey, I would love to talk about setting up an aircraft maintenance or whatever your business is, aircraft maintenance business here. What's my next step? And then let him to tell you what the next step is. If they're super excited to have your business there, he's going to go talk to the board at the next meeting. He's going to go spread the thing, the, the, the good news. And always be on his good side. Always, you know, always be on every all the airport officials' good side. So, you know, whatever that is. And uh, get them excited to have the business there. And then, so the first point of entry is with the airport manager. Second, or the first point of contact should be with the airport manager. Grab a little sip of coffee. Sometimes I think about it and I think I'm probably talking fast and um, just rambling a lot. And it's true. That's what I'm doing. Uh, but there are, what I'm saying to you is exactly what the industry is like. It's 2022. And I, and I, it was like this in the 90s. I feel like it's going to be in this in the 2022s. I big small airports, you know, you always go to the airport manager first. I think that's the best way to go about it. Um, you get the information, you do some investigative work to find out uh, if your business is going to be viable there. Talking to the airport manager. So, like, if I'm rambling and talking, I, I got a little bit of a structure, but this is a podcast where we're supposed to just casually talk about this stuff. It's not. You take it or leave it. There's a lot of good information I'm going to talk about if you're new to aviation. And, and we're eventually going to get some good good people up here that are going to be able to either echo what I say or they're going to have new perspective on it. So take it, take it as you want and take the nuggets and sift out the stuff um, and take it and go on your, your journey. So first talk to the airport manager. Then after you get him all jazzed up and ready to go, you're going to want to... You're going to like I said, you may only deal with him if it's a big enough airport. And if that's the case, it could be as easy as saying, yeah, I want to do a business. And he comes back to you and says, okay, they want these things. And then you give them those things. And before you know it, you could be in the airport. But at the, in, at the end of the day, negotiate, your con negotiate the rent. If they have space for you, because if it's a big airport, they probably don't have space for you. And you're going to have to... Uh, you know, ghetto-fy your way into the airport. You know, when I was in out in the front range, Colorado, that was pretty, 
it's not like it was the busiest place in the United States, but it's it's happening. There's a lot of stuff going on on the Front Range, uh, Denver, Colorado Springs, Fort Collins, all up and down, you know, that range. And if you want to get space at like Rocky Mountain or Jeffco Airport, BJC or Centennial, dude, you are going through a process. And so the best thing to do is to like start working with these sub parties, like a tenant that already has space there that will sublet to you. That's the ticket there. Um, we never got into Centennial, but we got into BJC. We did some work at Centennial mobily, uh, quite a few times, but BJC, we were anchored there because I, I got a job working aircraft maintenance there, uh, when I first moved to Denver. So we got, that's how I got penetrated the airport perimeter. Once I was in, I figured out all these different guys who had planes and stuff. And so ended up getting, uh, hooked up with the guy who had some King Airs and he had shop space and I never opened up my business there, but I, I had a lot of resources to where there was a lot of entry points where if I were to start one there, that's, I had some connections where we could, where I could start the business. So it's all about who, you know, for sure. But, uh, you know, like up there, it was after a year of looking and looking for space cause I was running a shop and I wanted to get the low lowest hanger rent and there were no shop space. There's no space. So if you're at a big metro or a big metro area, it's going to be hard to find space. But you got to keep digging and you got to keep at it. It took me a year to find a situation at the Longmont Airport where the guy owned the FBO, the main FBO there. He had a shop. It was the only shop on the field. Ran by one or two mechanics. Nobody really had good things to say about it. Uh, not I'm not discrediting these guys, first of all, I'm just telling you what I've heard from people and it's my opinion. So, uh, and I'm, I can't remember. I'm trying to think I walked in there, asked if there's airport space. This is how it went down. Walked in there, spoke with the airport manager and asked if there was space to do an aircraft maintenance shop. She pulls me aside and says that they're selling their, they're going to sell their business. Okay. They want to sell the FBO. So at first I'm like, okay, well, we'll buy the FBO and run it all, right? Well, I was a little weary of that because I wasn't a big fan of the airport politics. You know, it's it's not for everybody. That could have been a great situation. I never bought the company, but it could have been a great situation for the right person. After I dug enough information up, I realized that it was a hairy mess there. And I just didn't feel like dealing with it. So I just told her, hey, no, I'd like to just lease space for a maintenance shop. And sure enough... That's what they did. I think I paid 500 bucks a month for this heated. It wasn't like brand new by any means, but I cleaned it up, put a lot of work into the shop. He, we basically came in. Uh, they worked. Uh, I never dealt with the airport board. Um, we had to modify his his contract with the airport because he was the FBO. He needed to modify the contract to say, hey, I'm, I have the capability to sub... Uh, to subcontract the aircraft maintenance and cause it said that he does aircraft maintenance, but it didn't say he could subcontract to another company to do the aircraft maintenance. That's what he did. We leased the space. We got it approved by the city council. I think the mayor signed off on it, the city mayor, and I never talked to them. I only talked to the airport manager, got in there, literally, uh, took over the shop, purchased, uh, his old tools, cleaned up the shop, worked there for a year. It was kind of depressing. I wish I could have stayed there longer, but we moved back to Iowa and, um, 
I didn't sell or anything. It was just one of those things where I needed to get out and I needed to get out quick because we were moving home with my family. And, uh, but that shop would have grew in size pretty quickly. It, it would have, it kept, it was growing and it would have grew a lot quicker today. I don't know where it'd be, but that took a while to find that situation. And my point is, is that you're going to, that situation is going to happen at big metros where you're going to have to look and look, and then you're going to have to find out, okay, I'm going to have to sublease. And then you're going to have to ask questions. You're going to have to keep digging at the rural airports. It might not be that hard because you might go to an airport like that one in Clinton, Iowa, and they may not have maintenance and you may be able to just walk right in the door and say, I want to start a shop here. Okay. Well then when, when can you start? And if that's the case, what I'm saying with those big ones, cause by the way, let me back up 500 bucks. The shop space was like, uh, I don't know. I never measured it, but it was, it was 80 by 80, 80 by 70. Maybe I could fit, uh, six or seven single engine pistons in there. No problem. Uh, so it was decent size for a piston shop and for 500 bucks on the front range in Longmont, Colorado. Yeah, that was a great deal. Loved it. Loved every minute of it. <clears throat> so what I'm getting at is you got to dig. <clears throat> if you're going to a small airport, make sure you negotiate the price because these guys need probably your service if, if it's in demand. And if they need your service, you have the opportunity to negotiate. Um, negotiate a entry point where you can get reduced rent for six months to a year. And that way you can, um, kind of get your business built up a little bit. So that's my recommendation. And, and when you, after you deal with the, at those smaller airports, there's a good chance after talking to the airport manager, you're going to present to the airport board. And when you present to the airport board, you're going to want to have your business plan, your projected financials, and, um, they're going to ask you questions. Uh, how long have you been doing this? What do you, you know, they may depend on the board. Like I said, they could ask you questions where you're like, what in the heck, why are they asking these questions? And it's because they're, they probably haven't, a lot of these small boards are excited, but they also don't, they don't see companies come to their airports very often because, uh, one, there's not a lot of, we're short on mechanics. I'll say that for the, for aircraft maintenance, there are too many guys retiring, not enough guys replacing them. So there are a lot of opportunities out there. So they, they're just not as many shops as there used to be. So they, they're not used to seeing shops. So they might ask questions. You know, the flight school world is brutal. If you're going to a small airport to start a flight school, we'll do a separate podcast on that. But, um, I, there's a couple exclusions to, if you're going to go to a small airport and do flight school, but in general, don't do it. Don't do it. If you, if you want, if you're doing it and for the, if you want to make money and survive, then don't do it. If you have a lot of money and you're looking for something fun to do, go for it. You know, break even, you might even lose a little, uh, depends on your situation, how you run the company. Now I've had flight school at a small airport and, uh, literally it, all it was, was a funding. I funded our one pilot so that he could get his hours. Cause we never, we never profited. It was a rural airport and it was, we even had an imaging contract. If we didn't have that imaging cr- contract, I wouldn't have been able to keep the mecha- the pilot. He, the pilot literally had to be, he got paid so little and he was a he was a great guy. He, I told him to make this work that we had, you had to help in the shop 
and our because our our maintenance was doing great. You have to help in the shop, and then you can fly when you get when you get a mission, you know. And uh, it worked. We made it work. We patched together. He was such a good guy that it didn't matter. Like I knew that we were gonna get his hours for him, and then he, once he got his hours and was able to go to the airlines or wherever he was going, we were gonna can the flight department. But I wasn't gonna can it until we got the hours because he he helped the company in so many different ways that. You know, it's just something that we did. We lost the money in the flight department to keep him around. And uh, my, it goes back to saying don't open it at a small airport. I'll talk about the flight schools more because that's going to be a whole nother section. We, um, I still stay in touch with the flight school that I was a partner in and, and work for them, doing some maintenance and just kind of helping uh, my ex-business partner out. But um, that's that's for another whole podcast. So... That wraps this uh, podcast up on um, how to work with airport officials. I'd really like to hear what you guys think about this topic. And if you've got questions about it, uh, drop us a line um, at our website. And uh, yeah, we're looking forward to hearing from you guys. And until the next show, uh, we will talk to you guys later. This is Michael with the Grease Pilot Show, and we'll see you guys later.